0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The Fed might really just allow us to fall into a recession. Expected to raise interest rates again. Bring some pain to households and businesses. Democrats' policy failures to continued to add inflation on top of inflation. Migrants were lured, flown to Martha's Vineyard. They all signed consent forms to go. The destruction of Hurricane Fiona. We are anxious to provide support. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and
1: 103.7. So the people down in Puerto Rico were supposed to have some $9 billion spent on their infrastructure. And uh, like most things the federal government does, uh, look, this hurricane wasn't even a direct hit on Puerto Rico. And everybody at one point was without power. Everybody. Uh, I'd really like to know of that nine billion dollars how much was earmarked for green energy? And uh, it's and again, uh, th- this was earmarked years ago. Thank you, federal government. Um I'm gonna go out in the limb here and say apparently it takes longer to shuffle than actually walk in full stride. Uh, the Guardian is reporting our own Joe Biden. He might be the most powerful man in the world, but uh, when he arrives late at the Queen's funeral, uh, he has to stand and wait. They did not usher him right in. And kudos to the people that were in charge of the funeral. Uh, Joe, you show up late, you're going to have to stand in the back and wait. As it turns out, he had to wait on a couple of military heroes at Westminster Abbey. Uh, Cousin Eddie and his nanny, ages 79 and 71, had to be said, nah, you're going to stand there and you're going to wait. You shouldn't have been late. And uh, indeed, there was two military uh, distinguished uh, recipients of the Victoria Cross who sat down prior to Joe and Jill being seated. Um, Joe also had to, everyone else that came, We figure, you know, world leaders, All were busting together. Joe had to have his beast flown over, and he had to be driven up to the front of the uh, abbey in the beast. I'm sorry, but this is an event on the world stage. Here is a woman cherished around the world, a woman who has served honorably for 70 years, and Joe can't show up on time. Although I will say this is par for the course. I mean, is anybody really surprised? Believe it or not, when I was (laughs) watching, this is the truth, when I was watching Monday morning to parts of the funeral service, early Monday morning, I thought to myself, I wonder if Joe showed up on time. I was just just sort of joking to myself. And then the Guardian comes out with the story today. Uh, No, Joe did not show up on time. Uh, Joe, you didn't represent us very well, and quite frankly, you insulted all the people of Great Britain. I mean, I, th- this is not just some casual affair. I mean, this is it, it, this is just pure arrogance and rudeness, and disrespect for the Queen and the people of Great Britain. I, I'm sorry. I may, maybe I'm you, people think I'm making too big of a deal of this, but uh, it, it, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. Speaking of Joe, Delaware officials and the White House say they are monitoring for the potential arrival of planes up in uh, Joe's neighborhood. Actually, it's at Georgetown, uh, which is just a few miles from where Joe's beach house is. We're aware of reports and continue to prepare for the possibility of migrants arriving in Delaware unannounced. Democratic government uh, Governor John Carney His director of communications, Emily Hirschman, told Fox, our teams will be working with the community organizations and other partners to make sure that the migrants who arrive here have the support that they need. Now, I can tell you, after the total embarrassment to Martha's Vineyard, uh, these people are not going to bus these migrants off somewhere At least not for a while. I mean, they're going to let the dust settle before they sneak them out somewhere else. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre also acknowledged the reports. The News Journal, based in Wilmington, Delaware, reported the governor's office and community groups were mobilizing to Georgetown, Delaware, for the possible arrival of migrants at the Delaware Coastal Airport. According to the newspaper, at least one plane was expected to take off from Texas and stop over in Crestview, Florida, Now, I don't know if they're going to stop over to refuel or to pick up more passengers or what. It's unclear yet if the plane has left Texas, come by Florida, or arrived in Delaware. As of when we went on the air, I haven't seen anything about it landing in Delaware. DeSantis was asked about this. He said, I cannot confirm that. Um, I can tell you that it shows an uh, intelligence shows that between a third and 40% of migrants crossing the Southern border illegally are seeking to end up in Florida. If you can do it at the source and divert it to sanctuary jurisdictions, the chance they'll end up in Florida is much less. By the way, as you probably have heard today, DeSantis is receiving all kinds of criticism from Democrats and they indeed found some Democrat sheriff down in Texas who is uh, complaining and saying he's going to file suit against DeSantis. Now, why he's not filing suit against uh, um, Governor Abbott, I'm not really sure, because uh, he has done the same thing. But uh, there are a number of – now, the reason why they're going after DeSantis is because they recognize, hmm, DeSantis might be running for president. We don't want that. Uh, DeSantis spoke at an event today over that topic, taking questions from the press, He was asked by a reporter to comment on the harsh criticism from across the aisle accusing him of, quote, human trafficking. I mean, one individual said, oh, we're going to we're going to charge him with kidnapping for flying approximately 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard, a famous stronghold of wealthy Democrats. Uh, So when Biden is flying these and this is his response. So when Biden is flying all these people all over the fruited plain in the middle of the night. I didn't hear a peep out of those people. I haven't heard a peep about all the people that have been told by Biden migrants just come in and they're going and they're being abused by the cartels. They're drowning in the Rio Grande. You had 50 die in a shed in Texas. I heard no outrage about that. He followed up on his promise to drop off illegal immigrants in progressive states, sending two planes full up to Martha's Vineyard last week. DeSantis added that the only reason his critics are addressing the issue now is because of Martha Vineyard's flight. The Florida governor claimed the treatment of migrants at the border under President Biden's administration has been atrocious. I'm sorry those migrants were were treated horribly by Biden, DeSantis said. They were hungry homeless. They had no opportunity at all. The state of Florida offered transportation to sanctuary jurisdictions because it's our view that, one, the border should be secure and we want Biden to have to reinstitute policies like remain in Mexico. And by the way, the Biden administration, oh, that's that's in force. What BS? Of course it's not in force. And making sure that people aren't overwhelming. He asserted that migrants volunteered for the flights Amid claims from activist groups that they were lured onto the flights, uh, flights, I should say, under false pretenses. But short of that, if you believe in open borders, the sanctuary jurisdictions that should have to bear the brunt of the open borders. So that's what we're doing. You want to call yourself a sanctuary state, a sanctuary city, a sanctuary island? God bless you. We'll we'll send you the people that allow you to fulfill your propaganda. And all it is is propaganda because just like Martha Vineyard, as soon as they get up there, oops, uh, we better uh, find some place else for you to live. You'll be much happier somewhere else. Um, so Texas has sent 800 migrants to Washington, D.C., many of those right outside of the uh, vice president's residence. 200, uh, I'm sorry, 2,500 to New York City since August the 5th, according to the Texas governor's office. More than 600 migrants from Texas have arrived in Chicago since late August. Uh, Meanwhile, DeSantis has joined to uh, shed light on the Biden administration. So again, the big news today is there's going to be a couple of plane loads that land at an airport near Georgetown, which is not far from the uh, uh, Biden uh, beach residence, which is – I guess that's up in uh, Rehoboth Beach. So Peter Ducey, as Biden was talking about, you know, how he's going to take care of the border, I'll get to that in a second, uh, and how he has so many more challenges than any other president ever had. But as he was leaving the podium, Peter Ducey asked, called out, he said, do you have anything to say about the arrivals of illegals near your beach home?
0: uh migrants to delaware do you have any comment or response to that
2: sir he should come visit we have a beautiful
1: shoreline (laughs) joe you're so clever you should so he should come visit we have a beautiful shoreline i mean joe is just i mean he's so clever i mean he's so what a jerk i i I mean everything's a joke Uh, joe's above it all yeah just come come visit we have a beautiful shoreline Uh, whatever joe whatever so the reason why Joe was in the White House at this briefing, uh, he was saying it was not rational. Uh, one of the things he said, now he was talking about how the border is is going to be just fine. It's, uh, hey, we've got Kamala in charge of it. Everything's going to be fine. I know I've never been down there. Kamala's only been near there twice, but everything's fine. Everything's under control. So he was asked, why aren't you sending some of these migrants back? Biden said today, That's not rational to send migrants at the U.S.-Mexican border back to nations like Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua as concerns grow over the number of migrants arriving at the southern border. By the way, congratulations, Joe. You reached a milestone. Two million people have come over just so far this year. I mean, it's only September. Just so far this year, you've met two million. Two million He said, because there are three countries, a reporter asked Biden why the border is more overwhelmed on your watch. Because there are three countries, Biden began, there are fewer and fewer immigrants coming from Central America than from Mexico. It's totally different circumstance. Now, him saying that doesn't, I mean, this is coming from Joe now. I mean, that doesn't correspond with the fact that he goes on to complain that uh, he says there's fewer coming from Mexico, and uh, there and then there's fewer come. I'm sorry, there's more coming from Mexico and fewer from Central America. But he goes on to say, "What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua, and the ability to send them back to those states is not rational. We're working with Mexico and other countries to see if we can stop the flow." He added, "Which is exactly what Trump successfully did." again, nearly uh, well over 2 million uh, immigrants have uh, come across so far. But so he says those three countries, Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. So let's see. Venezuela. Hugo Chavez took over Venezuela and started detro- destroying that country 21 years ago, 1999. 21? Well, I'm sorry, 1999, that would be 21 years prior to Joe taking over the White House, 23 years ago in reality. Fidel Castro in Cuba, the second nation he mentioned. Fidel Castro in Cuba, he took over in 1961, 59 years prior to Joe going into the White House. Daniel Ortega is a Nicaraguan revolutionary and politician serving as president of Nicaragua. He's been there since 2007, 13 years prior to Joe going into the White House. So, Joe, your, your lame excuse is exactly that. It's lame. It doesn't cut it. Donald Trump had the exact same challenges when he was president. Why don't you just admit, quit embarrassing yourself and just admit that the orders you're giving, that you're fulfilling, is that you want as many of these illegals here as possible. You want to break the system. That's what it's all about. Let's break the system. I mean, I don't think it's even the fact that they want to see these illegals vote Democrat because so many of these illegals are coming from communist countries, Marxist countries, and uh, they're they're smart enough to know that, uh, you know, I've seen Marxism before. I'm not going to vote for a, a, a socialist like Joe Biden, a Marxist like Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. So it's not about the vote. But they're all about breaking the system. They want to destroy the system so that they can take over. Oh, the new system has to come in. We have to introduce a government-controlled system, government-controlled from top to bottom. We'll take care of everything. You just go your own way. You let us decide for you. You let us take care of you. I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. This is what they want. And this is why he is – and just admit it. Just admit it, Joe. The idea that, oh, I've got more challenges than anybody else because of Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua is a joke. We've got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up.
0: This is your Drive at 5, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: Welcome back in taking a quick look at your weather forecast on National Pepperoni Pizza Day. Uh, Looks pretty good. Mostly clear tonight, a low around 65. Tomorrow, sunshine, a high of 89 with clear skies tomorrow night, low of 66. Thursday, a slight chance of an afternoon shower, otherwise a high of 93. And uh, scattered showers Thursday night, um, a low of 56. And the high on Friday, 75 degrees. So uh, looking forward to a perfect weekend. Pizza, pizza. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday in the 70s and 80s, perfect weekend. So talking about Queen Elizabeth and Joe Biden showing up late for her funeral. During his show Monday night, just hours after Queen Elizabeth was laid to rest, CNN host Don Lemon. He's not been canned yet. I mean, when is his time coming? They're getting rid of all these libs over there. Don Lemon brought up the issue of slavery and colonialism and reparations during an interview with a British expert. In the exchange, Lemon explained why some believe slavery reparations are necessary, but may have been shocked about who his guests said should be paying the bill. Quote, you have those who are asking for reparations for colonialism, and they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here, uh, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back and members of the public are suffering when you have this vast wealth. Those are legitimate concerns, Lemon said to the British expert. I think you're right about reparations in terms if people want it, though. They, what they need to do uh, is you always need to go back to the beginning of the supply chain. So where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was Africa the royal expert Hillary Forwich explained, across the entire world, when slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished, abolished slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish slavery was Great Britain. 2,000 navalmen died on high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them in cages, waiting in the beaches. No one was running to Africa to get them, she continued. I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go back to the beginning of that supply chain. Who was rounding up their own people and having them hang from cages? Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, those families should receive something soon. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Don Lemon, surprise, surprise. Listen, Don Lemon, when he brings these guests in, somebody screwed up because this individual, this Hillary Forwich, was not properly vetted. She wasn't buying into the narrative that Don Lemon was uh, propagating uh, so somebody somebody's gonna get rattled because uh, Don got embarrassed Don got put in his place and it's true I mean and it's amazing it is amazing that um, Don would go in and accuse Great Britain who uh, again Great Britain was was the nation that struggled. I mean, well before we had the, uh, uh, the the civil war here the great britain was the nation that said no enough is enough it's going to stop and by the way it was christians over in great britain that uh, and, and i know you know liberals today they don't want to hear that narrative but it was christians in great britain that looked at this and said man stealing is wrong and they're the ones that stopped it five six one eight two five five we got sutton on the line hey sutton good to hear from you
2: Hey, how's y'all doing up
1: there? Well, we're hanging in there. How are you, sir?
2: <laughs> I guess I'm hanging in here, too, then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after I, I was I working, I was listening. You said something, and, 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 and I'll touch base on that there, too. But I listened to you, and you the beast up there. So what, they had to use their beast. They didn't get a beast from down here, didn't. They.
1: Uh, you, you were breaking up on me, Sutton. Say that again.
2: What, what I was saying, right? Was, uh, I was our to you talk about how late Biden was, right?
1: Right, to the Queen's Funeral, right?
2: Yeah, they, and you said something about the beast. They had to get the beast. It wasn't probably the United States. They had to travel one up there,
1: did they? Uh, that I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: And, <laughs> I guess that costs a fortune. But anyway, uh, when you are getting back to what Don was talking about, the men were absolutely right could nobody have went over there and taken anybody from Africa like that there these I mean you know our ancestors were sold over here to the oh, yeah. sold into it. I, they it, got it, paid it. they got paid what they asked for or what they thought was right and it's just like now how over there in in uh, you know in Afghanistan and those places over there, and they begin to tell the American, look, I want y'all to just stay on our business and let history take its course. The stronger tribe rules, and that's how it worked back there then.
1: Well, these same I mean, people like was. Don Lemon, why isn't Don Lemon so upset with the human trafficking that's taking place at the southern border by the Mexican cartel? I mean, you know, he's talking, about, he's talking about things that happened hundreds of years ago. And listen, I'm not discounting that those were evil things that were done to people. Those were human beings, you know, made in God's image, and that should okay. never have happened. But it's happening today, right now, on the southern border, and the Joe Biden administration is allowing it to happen. Why, why isn't Don Lemon screaming about the, the human slavery, the human trafficking that's taking place today at the southern border?
2: Well, not only Donald. them, if you tell me any liberal, any liberals that are complaining about it, those that can do something like those in Congress can come together and make a big fuss out of it. Um, you don't hear any of them doing much about it. You might hear one stray off and say a word or two about it. But isn't any of them saying anything to put it in pressure? Or no. the president or, or the, you know, the liberals in Congress, they don't care. No. And, as long and, as it fits their narrative, they're all right with it.
1: As they long as they the retain their power and they get reelected, they're fine with it. And listen, I, I hate to say it, but there's a lot on the Republican side that that fits them very aptly as well. And for listen, sure, that is sure. exactly why I've said for decades for now, sure. term limits. Term limits. You, you get up there and you say, wow, I'm, I'm being treated like royalty. i want to stay here for as long as I can. Please oh, so bring you, in you term know, when, limits.
2: When Donald Trump won office, uh, it, it was a whole different change. He came to take up against the establishment. And I've always asked people, how is it that a man can go in Congress making maybe just a number of $175,000 a year and you give him two years he worth tens of millions of dollars
1: i don't know if they have that two years but you're absolutely right it it may it's probably a little longer than two years sutton but you are (laughs) on the right track there absolutely you cut
2: a man money you cut a man livelihood like that those guys get that democrat or republican can sell their influence can do their little peddling under the table and do different things. You get to mess with that, then you, you you create enemies. Yep. <laughs> it don't matter what party. Bingo. Okay, you.
1: uh, you're exactly right, son. And that's exactly why they hate Donald Trump. That's Bingo. Right. That's he exactly makes why Donald they hate like Donald
2: Trump. Trump. Makes for Donald, kind of like Donald Trump and his wife over there in China, and they're all tied up in making money with third peoples and all that stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All
2: right. Take care. Thank you, Sutton. Appreciate the call.
1: Good to hear from you. Hey, we're going to take another time out. Lots more to talk about. Some positive polling numbers uh, from Georgia. We'll talk about that when we get back.
0: Eastern Carolina's place to talk about coronavirus funding, everything, give me liberty or give me COVID-19. Right now, more news and views on Talk 96.3 and
1: 103.7. So when uh, Joe was up there outside of Independence Hall a couple of weeks back, uh, said that MAGA Republicans were a threat to our nation. Um, And again, the left is using the January 6th committee hearing. As uh, By the way, i got an interesting story on that as well. But, you know, basically to smear MAGA Republicans, even though the only person that lost their life was Ashley Babbitt, shot by a uh, Capitol Police officer who has a long list of uh, misdeeds in his file. Um, but yet they still continue with this narrative. Now, could you please tell us what exactly happened? I mean... Even the police officer that died after the January 6th event, his own brother, said it was a stroke. But yet, Joe and the Libs, the progressives, continue to say the MAGA Republicans are a threat to our nation. And we have uh, Jim Jordan came out just last night and was talking about the fact he was uh, did an interview with John Solomon of just the news, and he was saying how The FBI is basically trying to come up with evidence for this false narrative. It's just not there. And there are whistleblowers coming out of the FBI saying, these guys are trying to fabricate stories and cases to give some credence to these lies. And yet, at the same time, see if you hear this. See if you hear this on any mainstream media. In McHenry, North Dakota, a 41-year-old man ran down an 18-year-old teenager over a political dispute. This guy was twice this guy's age. The 18-year-old called his mom and said, this man is trying to kill me. (laughs) This is unbelievable. So this individual came out, and after he ran down, ran over this teenager... He, by the way, he was drunk. After he ran over and killed this teenager, he called the police and said it told them what they what he had done. Uh, the guy's name was Brand. last name was Brand, Shannon Brand. He called nine one one around two thirty am Sunday. There's apparently a, a street dance, some sort of outdoor event in McHenry, North Dakota, or uh, was it McHenry? um North Dakota, yes. So uh, he called 911 around 2.30 a.m. Sunday, told the 911 dispatcher that he had just hit Ellingson, the young teenager, claiming the teen was a part of a Republican extremist group and was calling people to come get Brand after a political argument. Ellingson's mom told police her son had called her just before the crash, asking if she knew Brandt, which she does. She does not believe her son knew him. We're still trying to determine what exactly transpired at the time time of the crash. Police say Brandt was drunk when he hit and killed Ellingson with his SUV. Uh, It doesn't exactly fit the narrative. Would you please, these bloodthirsty MAGA Republicans that want to destroy our democracy and are perpetrating violence, could you please give me some examples? Now, we got plenty of examples back in the summer of love in 2020 when we had all kinds of progressive Marxists burning down our cities. Could you give me just an example of, I mean, on, on the other side? Can you, can you give us a flip example of this? I mean, they've got to go out of your way to try to vilify people like the young man up in Wisconsin who was protecting property and defended himself. And, and a, at a court found him not guilty of defending himself. But yet they, they try to make a narrative, and they try to pick on a young man like that to fulfill their narrative, and it doesn't work because it's fabrication. The latest poll from the midterm battleground state of Georgia shows Republican candidates in the peach tree state pulling away from the Democrat opponents with a fewer than 50 days left. Now, I know 50 days— it's Not quite two months. More things can happen. But this poll was conducted just a couple of, well, um, from September 5th to the 16th. It was done by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, not exactly a right-wing publication. And it shows support for GOP statewide candidates continuing to grow. As the Atlanta Journal-Constitution itself noted in its story on the latest numbers, the polling update paints, quote, this is out of the paper, quote, paints a bleak picture for Georgia Democrats in November, and it does. The survey of likely voters in November's midterms, and again, the likely voters, when you hear these polls come out, you want to dig down, find out what type of people were were polled. In other words, what was the percentage of Republicans? What was the percentage of Democrats? What was the percentage of independents? And were they registered voters? Were they just merely citizens? Or were they likely voters? And you find when you get into the likely voter polling, uh, that's when the numbers get a little more significant and more accurate. Why do you think they don't use likely voters when they do these pollings when you're six months out? Because at that point, they want to sway the outcome of the election. But yet when it gets closer to the election, they go to likely voters because they don't want to have total egg on their face when the election does come. The survey of likely voters in November midterms showed GOP Senate challenger Herschel Walker at 46% to Democrat Raphael Warnock at 44%. Two-point advantage. But you say, oh, it's only two points. Herschel Walker has been behind up to now. So that is significant. 7% of Georgia voters remain undecided in the Warnock-Walker race. Which again, a a likely voter being undecided—that's curious. I would also say that probably bodes well for Walker, because Warnock hasn't exactly hit it out of the park. Um, When it comes to uh, Stacey Abrams, um, you know, she was the one that was going to to change Georgia to a blue state. She was the one that came out last time when she lost the governor's race, and yet she was cheated out of the governor's race. I mean, she said that over and over and over again. More recently, she said, oh, well, no, well, I, I never said that. I never I never said that Kemp wasn't the legitimate governor. Uh, yeah, you did. Um, but Abrams, she's on track to lose a second consecutive gubernatorial race to uh, Brian Kemp, the incumbent governor. He is now polling at 50%, Abrams at 42%. Now, that is a landslide. And, uh, by the way, uh, there, you know if, if Kemp can pull this off, there won't be a need for a uh, runoff election. On the larger question of who the Georgia electorate wants to see controlling Congress, starting in 23, 51 percent say the GOP should be the majority. And setting the agenda At um, as 70 percent of Georgia voters say America is on the wrong track under Biden. So 51% said the Republicans need to be in charge. A full 70% is saying Cousin Eddie is driving us into the ground. Uh, In the lieutenant governor's race, Burt Jones with a 43% up 10 points over Democrat Charlie Bailey. So again, this is out of the liberal Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In the Senate race, Walker is up 46% over Warnock, 44%. In the governor's race, Kemp is 50%, Abrams at 42%. In the attorney general's race, the Republican Carr is up at 45 percent over Jordan at 35 percent, the Democrat Jordan. Um, in the secretary of state, Rassenberger at 50 percent over um, Nugent, who's at 31 percent. And the lieutenant governor race, uh, Jones is up over uh, Bailey, 43 percent to 30 percent. So in every one of these races, every one of them, the Republicans are up. And in the generic polling, the Republicans are up. So, the idea that um, this wonderful newcomer, Stacey Abrams, who uh, – what, what was the part she was playing Clark in uh, Star Trek? The uh, president of the of the universe or something asinine like that. I mean, there's what all – was a big role. Well, a big role I mean, for a big woman. Role, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, Stacey, uh, yeah, you, you might want to uh, – Continue your acting career because it doesn't look like politics, politics is working out too well for you. And by the way, real quick before we go to break, um, I guess you heard Sarah uh, Huckabee. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I should say. Um, she she had an emergency operation. Apparently she had thyroid cancer. and uh, But her doctor and she have both uh, released statements saying, I'm cancer free. The doctor has said, yes, you are cancer free and you're doing very well. And uh, anyway, like, long story short, in that race, in the Arkansas governor's race, she is at 59%. Her opponent, Chris Jones, is at 34%. And uh, others, the, the next one in line is a guy named Ricky uh, Harrington, who's a libertarian, at 3%. So uh, Sarah Huckabee, uh, say a little prayer for her that uh, all that uh, thyroid cancer is behind her. But she looks like uh, she's probably a shoe in in Arkansas. The same state. That gave us Bill and Hillary Clinton is now going to uh, put Sarah Huckabee in the White House. Oh, Oh. she (laughs) was. Mother Earth. Clark's whispering in my ear that uh, the uh, Stacey Abrams in the Star Trek uh, TV show was president of Earth. Yeah, there you go. All right, Stacey, uh, continue acting, just get out of politics. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and
1: 103.7. Welcome back in. Uh, my wife just uh, texted me and said I I said that Sarah Huckabee Sanders was going to be in the White House and uh, the governor's mansion. Thank you, dear.
0: Did I do that?
1: <laughs> uh, yes, your wife uh, has, always has free reign to correct you. Right, guys? Thank you, dear. Um, there's a new book coming out called "The Divider: Trump in the White House, 2017-2021" by Peter Baker and Susan Glasser. And what's interesting about this, and this is just a part of the book, but uh, if you remember in the election night coverage, that um, and and if you go back, uh, the Arizona Central has had a piece on what happened that night. The coverage at Fox News. In a surprise move on Tuesday night, Fox News alone among networks called Arizona for Joe Biden over President Donald Trump, royally ticking off the Trump campaign, reportedly and perhaps understandably. The network made the call with Biden ahead by seven percentage points in the race, but with hundreds of thousands of votes yet to be counted in the states, something that the chief White House correspondent John Roberts noted when talking to anchors Brett Baer and Martha McCallum, who seemed perplexed by the call. Well, apparently, Brett Baer was more than perplexed. He was ticked. And according to this book, he was texting and emailing the uh, president of Fox News, Jay Wallace, saying, reverse this decision. What are you doing? And here's the interesting thing. There was an individual on Fox News who worked over at Fox News Digital Research you haven't seen him there lately because he's gotten canned. His name was Chris Steyerwald. And I remember us, I remember my wife and I commenting about Chris Steyerwald. When he first came on, he seemed like he was neutral. But the more you saw him, the more liberal he became in how he was reporting the news, how he was tweaking the news. I mean, he was, you know, he was this jovial character, hot, you know, always with a big yah ya laughing but it was always tainted towards the progressive side, towards the liberal side. Uh, He got canned after that, which was rightly so. Apparently he was the one that made the call and he was insistent that now, you know, at the end of the day, the Arizona ended up being in uh, controversially. So ended up being in Biden's column, but, the fact that they called it so soon. Now, what's interesting is the president of Fox News, Jay Wallace, when Steyerwald wanted to call Nevada just a little bit later, he, he put a nix to that. He said, no, we're not calling that. And they were not the first network to call that. And, of course, that was controversial as well. But uh, for those of you that uh, perhaps were irritated at Brett Baer, as many of us were, by the way, that night, because Brett Baer is the face of Fox News, so that's how you get ticked. That's who you get ticked at. But apparently, uh, he was not happy at all about that call. And again, Chris Stewart, who was the guy that was really pushing that narrative, uh, he's gone. This is this is a pretty uh, interesting story to end with. A federal appeals court has reversed a lower court ruling ordering the Republican National Com- Committee. To comply with subpoena from the House January 6th committee, poking the Democrat-led investigation for facilitating on key or vacillating on key issues and acknowledging there were important and unsettled constitutional questions about whether the January 6th panel is lawfully constituted. The U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia said it was dismissing the case because the January committee withdrew the subpoena to the RNC seeking records of its dealings with a digital fundraising vendor sales force. The RNC's appeal has become moot, the appeals court wrote. Normally, when something like this happens, the federal appeals court issues a very brief order of dismissal. With, with no comments. However, the appellate judges in the appeals court went out of their way to acknowledge the RNC's concern about the subpoena, raising important issues that the lower court's ruling needed to be reversed. Quote, the RNC claimed that disclosure of these documents would reveal sensitive information about its digital strategy strategy, So it sued to prevent the disclosure, the appellate court judges wrote. The RNC argued that the committee was not lawfully constituted and that the subpoena violated the First Amendment. They also said, because the committee caused the mootness and thereby deprived us of the ability to review the district court's decision, and given the important and unsettled constitutional questions that the appeal would have presented, we vacate the district court's judgment so in other words nor now again this this has no no real teeth in it other than the fact that it gives you a a peek into the appeals court that ruled on this when they normally would just say okay the the deal is dismissed that we're not going to take it any further they've withdrawn the subpoena so therefore it's moot but they didn't do that they went out of their way to release a statement Basically agreeing with the RNC, uh, the very fact that they made this statement, in my opinion, tends to shine a spotlight on it, that they were agreeing with the RNC that this whole January 6th committee is unconstitutional. It is a kangaroo court. It's a dog and pony show. It is a blight on the American system of justice, and it is a blight on our legislature. And it needs to be—it needs to be disbanded. Don't expect that to happen until the Republicans take over the House and the Senate. It might then. We'll see. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at five o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye, bye, everybody. All right. All right. All right.